Hello, everybody, and hello, humans. Welcome to Not a Robot's Comic Review Show. Uh, this is the first episode that we will be uh, looking into comic books that are outside of the DC and Marvel sphere, coming from several other publishers that we are interested in. Uh, my name is Brandon, and today I've got just one amazing co-host here with me. Julie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Julie. Um, I read comic books, and I work at a grocery store. What's good? <laughs> Very nice. Um, as you may know from other podcasts, we're always here to summarize, analyze, and editorialize over issues without worrying what the publishers think. But today, we're just going to take a chance to get introduced and talk about our interest in comics, where that's taken us, and anything else that we might discover about each other. Uh, but... The next part is dedicated to those that support us with their hard-earned money, and that's not the only way you can. Like, subscribe, and download, share our episodes as much as possible. It helps get the word out, and that's the best kind of advertising. Now is the time to say a big thank you to the humans who help us support the podcast. They subscribe to our Patreon, with tiers starting at just $1 a month, so that we can make sure to keep bringing you more content. This is the Not A Robot Must Be A Human shout-out and roll call, and that shout-out goes to our humans Weird Science Jim, Blue Mondays, Hollister, and Roch Crockett. A big salute to all of you and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now and show us you just might be a human after all and get a shout out on the Not a Robot Must Be a Human roll call. Um, so today, since we won't be covering in any explicit detail some of the new releases from independent publishers, uh, we'd like to take the opportunity to get to know each other uh, a little bit more. So this is kind of the first time that Julie and I have really had a chance to talk to each other. Um, but without any further ado, um, Julie, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, uh, about your relationship to comics, how you got into them, uh, and some of the independent books that you've been enjoying recently or that you just enjoy in a very general sense? Yeah, definitely. Um I started off in like maybe five or six years old, really intrigued with the the Sunday comics in the back of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. I'd always nab them out of my aunt's mag uh, newspaper, and she'd track me down for them when she got to that part of the paper. Like, where's the comics, Julie? Where are the comics? Those are right here. Uh, after that, well, I, since I've been watching The Simpsons since I was in utero, and I found out later in life once I was born, a little after that, um, that. The Simpsons had comics, the Bongo comics. I was all over that as a kid. Um, and I still read the Simpsons Comic Royale, which is basically a, a compendium of their more, more popular works from, like, the 90s to the early aughts. Mm -hmm. um, those were my first comic books. And then after that, I kind of graduated after high school to more, I guess, a more broad outside the Bongo comics. Uh, I used to live, uh, near a comic book shop, which was like a 20, 30 minute walk, a little hole in the wall next to a tiny little theater comic shop. And I used to just browse their walls, find ones that I liked. I was never really particular to any specific brand. I just found out that in my fact, just going for myself, that image comics had a lot of the stories I liked and that I wanted to read. So I delve headfirst into their, um... I guess their catalog. Mm. Um, I think their first actual series that I 
bought and committed to was Alex and Ada. Very nice. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it takes place oh, yeah. in um in Silicon Valley in the future mm-hmm. about robots and their um I guess their right to personhood, if you will. It, it's a pretty interesting story, but it's if you've seen any sci-fi movie that resembles that plotline at all, it's basically the same, but it's got its own little personality. It's got its own little thing going on. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I think I think everyone discovers Image Comics. Eventually, they've got such a wide catalog of books. It's uh, it's truly a marvel to behold. Um, but I guess to talk about my journey through comics, um, uh, I, I've kind of talked about this a little bit on the, the both the DC and Marvel show. Um, so I guess I'm a, I'm a bit everywhere. Um, but my my journey kind of started um, in a similar way. I, I read a lot of newspaper comics when I was a kid. Um, I make, it makes it sound like I'm a lot older than I actually am. Uh, but, um, yeah, I read a lot of newspaper stuff as a kid and, you know, YA graphic novels and they have those around the library and those are easy to find and kids gobble those up all the time. And, um, I, I particularly, I, I love Calvin and Hobbes. I still have a lot of the compendiums that I had when I was a kid, uh, because my grandmother was a a big Calvin and Hobbes reader, and she ended up giving me some of her books um, before she passed. Um, and so I, I kind of read those for a while, and then um, I found superheroes, and that kind of shifted my attention away from everything for a little while. And then um, I kind of dropped off of comics just for a couple of years. I wasn't as interested. Um, and I, I was just looking at other hobbies, but um, probably around eighth grade, uh, there was a, a, a girl on on one of my um, quiz bowl teams who was really into comics, and, and she wanted to be an artist. Um, and I, I mean, I hadn't dropped off from comics to the point where I, you know, I, I completely disavowed them, but basically I wasn't just reading them anymore. But I, there were still people who knew that I was interested in the medium, and she would kind of come to me and, and talk to me about them. And it kind of sparked a, a newfound interest to kind of start reading comics again, which was nice. So I had a library that was down the street from where I lived. They had a graphic novel section. Um, a lot of it was filled with superhero stuff, um, but it was it was a nice way to kind of get back in there. Um, and I mean, really from then on, I just, I, I think I gradually just got more and more interested to the point where I, I actually started reading books week to week uh, around freshman year of high school, um, right around the time of, for anyone familiar with DC Comics, DC Rebirth, which was a, a, a relaunch period um, where a lot of you know books had new number ones and it was a great place for people to jump on. Um, and that's kind of how I was able to really start reading week to week books. Um, and then from there... I was able to, you know, take the characters that I was interested in, read a lot of their back catalog, and and really just read more. But I think eventually, um, and and this may be familiar to some people who read superhero comics, you you kind of reach a a saturation point where, um, you know, you're looking for something more. Um, You can't just read superheroes forever, um, or at least I I couldn't. Um, And so I think for me in particular... One thing that always interested me was the creative teams behind a lot of uh, superhero books that I was interested in. And so one thing that I really started doing was tracing the roots back. So I would see a writer that I particularly liked, their name kept 
coming up. Um, and I would basically, you know, see what other books that person had done. Um, and one of the first kind of prominent people that I really did that for was Ed Brubaker. I've been reading his Captain America kind of on and off through, you know, books in the library. And I was just like, I really like this. What else has he done? And that led me to a series called Killer Be Killed over at Image Comics, which I, I really enjoyed in particular. And so I think that was kind of my first foray into, into independent books. And then from there, I just kind of looked into as many different image books as I could find. Um, and now I've got entirely too many um, from not just image, but from other publishers as well. So um, that was kind of how my journey uh, got started in independent books, a very strange journey, but um, it may be familiar to some people. I think just, you know, wanting something new, wanting something different that isn't entirely, you know, capes and tights. Um, but with that, I want to take the chance to uh, ask you, Julie, you know, what have you been reading lately? Um, what, what independent books have you been able to enjoy um, during, you know, the past couple months, maybe the past couple years, some particular standouts that uh, you'd like to mention? Because um, I, I know that during this crazy time, I'm sure a lot of us have been doing some some reading, so it might be nice to to hear yeah, what you've been reading. Um, well, Sex Criminals, actually, by Image Comics, it came out, I think, five or six years ago, mm -hmm. and yeah, it wasn't until recently that I, I actually had... Pardon? Around 2014, I think. Oh, 2014. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, because I had just finished high school when it came out. Mm -hmm. Um... What was it? Oh, yeah. So I had tried to get onto it by buying issue by issue. They're like 3 or $4 a pop. But after a while, I kind of fell behind and I forgot which issues I bought. So I have um, multiples of the same issue that I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to unload. But uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I decided now, you know, the last year I've had some extra income, which has been really nice. I decided to just buy the volumes instead to just kind of like cut out trying to buy the individual issues like you know what i'm just gonna buy the collection mm -hmm. of the graphic novel and just call it a day and the series just ended this past fall and i got caught up on it and i, I really enjoyed it i've never really been drawn to the superhero comics i just they just never interested me mm -hmm. i think because superheroes themselves are so mainstream <laughs> and the tropes are pretty familiar and similar for me uh. Ugh. Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I know what's going to happen. I'm good. I'm going to try something different. <laughs> oh, you're, you're breaking my heart, but it's, it's, it's understandable. There's nothing wrong with superhero comics. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. I just couldn't get into them. It's like Pokemon. Mm. It's it's a fine, you know, thing. I just can't get into it. Oh, no. <laughs> the one listener that Don't we had just Pokemon. left because you insulted Pokemon. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm a little Pokemon dude. You can just... Digimon me. Uh, Digimon. <laughs> They're gonna come. <laughs> oh no. They're gonna come and throw flaming poop at my door. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's a that's Digimon. That's that's Digimon. understandable. There are a lot of people that just and, and honestly I think that's the great thing about comics is that um I mean there's definitely a, a very heavy saturation of superheroes, almost to the point where sometimes it feels like you can't escape them. Um but the beauty is, you know, if you're really looking for something interesting there's about 15 million different genres of comics out there, you know, ready for you to just snap up and read, um, which I think yeah, is definitely. the thing that interests me most about, um, you know, independent books, creator-owned books, 
just the the variety that's out there um and i mean uh, even though i'm and this will probably get me fired um but even though i'm on dc and marvel i, I would probably say that the books that i enjoy the most in my collection generally tend to come from uh independent publishers or from you know creator owned imprints like vertigo or um something like that where it's it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with superheroes or if it does it's not you know any kind of mainstream superhero um so yeah i yeah. definitely hear you but please continue definitely um i think another book series i bought which i'm not gonna okay I, i'll admit when john lewis died i i remembered that he had released these comic books a couple of years ago and mm. i was like oh crap i was gonna buy those <laughs> i have the money now so i bought his three book collection called march and i had i've just finished the first one i haven't gotten to the second and one just yet but mm. I, I it's i do have plans to read that one <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one it's like you said it's a, there's a large variety of different yeah. kinds of comic books you know not just superhero ones the mm-hmm. genres are just out there sex criminals it's two guys that just wanted to throw out you know fuck it i just want to write a comic book series that you know no holds bar oh yeah which is awesome it just it, it no t- it takes no prisoners yeah, all yeah. the way through, and it's hilarious. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which is nice. Uh, March, it's this, you know, it's 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 a different way to tell the story about, you know, Jim Crow in America, race, the the racism, the civil rights movement. It's a it's an incredibly personal perspective that you can't really get in a movie or in a TV show. It's it's an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is, I mean, I'd say that's comics in a nutshell. It's very personal stuff. Because it's really just mm-hmm. you and your story and your artist, and it's not a lot of. There's no studio influence. I mean, you might have an editor, but in a lot of cases, you know, at least in independent comics, editors are people that you bring in really just to to take a look at the story and say, does this make sense, um, and that sort of yeah. thing. But it's not. They're not saying you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, it just gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah, it really does. Especially if you're the artist and the writer. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. yeah no, that's a good series. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, um, sorry, I didn't mean to to interrupt. No, you're you're, t- um, you're totally fine. I'm I'm learning the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, Sex Criminals March. Any anything else you'd like to mention? Um. Uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. That's a single issue graphic novel. It's um created by the same guy that did Invader Zim. Yeah, Joan and Vasquez. Uh so Invader Yes, that's yeah. his name. I always forget his name. <laughs> but um but no, his don't be mistaken because the it's the same creator. Invader Zim is very kid friendly. It's <laughs> you know, it's sweet, it's demure, but it's also has it's also pretty edgy, which is nice. Yeah. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is probably not for children. <laughs> Definitely not for children. <laughs> No, <laughs> that is nightmare fuel for young young offspring. You should probably save it for when your offspring are in high school. Yeah, brooding. <laughs> <laughs> great. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, well, yeah. Don't feel you know. Um, don't don't feel intimidated. Um, we can keep this very casual. This isn't uh, this isn't me reading off the script. I'm just talking right now. Um, oh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no. If you, um, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to run the show. Like I have my my script here just to kind of 
guide. have some things in order. But you can you can interject. You can say, "What do you think?" You know, you can ask questions of me. I don't want to. I don't want it to feel like I'm, you know, putting you through paces. I'm not the puppet master. No, oh, no, you're good. You're just a Sherpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting recommendation. Some very solid stuff. Um, I. I have not finished Sex Criminals. I think I got to issue 20. And then I kind of... Uh, I was waiting for, like, the fifth volume to come out. Um, I think there's only six. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of just... Six. Yeah, I kind of I just dropped off um, from there. The last thing I remember was that John and Suze had broken up. And then, um, yeah, I, was, I just... I, I was waiting for the fifth one, and then I, I never got around to reading it. But I'll finish it at some point. Um, I should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great book. It's very interesting. I don't think I've I've ever seen that many illustrated penises in my life. Um, I don't know that I <laughs> entirely want to again, but uh, it was, it's definitely out there and it's definitely very funny. Um, and Matt Fraction, the writer of the book, is someone that uh, I, I think is very talented, uh, very good writer, Most very definitely. funny writer as well. Um, and I would encourage people to check out some of his other work. He's done a lot of stuff over at Marvel. Um, if you're interested in that, but this is the indie show, so let's let's try and keep it there. Um, wait, one second. Uh, oh, my computer to die. Um, if um if you're familiar with the the Simpsons in Futurama, how they have jokes not just within the script and within the characters. It's also kind of in the background. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a part of the show in different ways. There's kind of jokes everywhere. That's kind of how Sex Criminals is. is oh, yeah, a lot even of background gags. Yeah, a lot of background gags, yeah. a lot of um, fourth wall breaks, a lot of, um, yeah, like even the, the, the numbers on the issue. Oh, like, yeah. I think the last, the, the last, last issue, even though it's not the 69th issue, they call it 69. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, that, oh, that my God, that is great. Me. Um, yeah, it's, I think, it's I think, quintessential. Yeah, I, th I think one of my favorite bits was, and I don't even remember exactly what issue it was. All I remember it was like, it was there was a scene where I think Suze was going to confront the um, the therapist who used to be a porn star, and like instead of showing a scene where they kind of you know talk to each other and yell and get in a fight or whatever, it just cuts to a scene of like Matt basically working on the script it gets really meta it's like a grant morrison moment yeah um, they did that twice <laughs> yeah where it's like they're basically having a conversation about it um and it's just it was i just was cracking up the entire time um and i i def i also yeah. think it speaks to in addition to to matt's you know great script work i think it speaks to um you know chip zadarsky who's the artist in the book's um strength as a cartoonist, um, I think he's just able to capture a lot of these background gags, like we said, a lot of these facial expressions in such a great and, um, you know, creative way where it's, it's always keeping your attention. It's always funny to look at. Um, so, yeah, no, that's, Definitely. that's, I, I don't know if it's, like I said, I haven't finished it, um, but it's, it's certainly a book that was, that was interesting to me. Um, I'm definitely not going to ruin it for you, but it is definitely <laughs> worth finishing. Because, I mean, it's an ending you wouldn't exactly expect because it's okay. just so off the – the story is just so off the wall on its own. Mm -hmm. And to tell you anything about the rest of the series is just going to ruin it for you. It's an experience. Yeah. 
You have to go through the penises. You have to go dig through the forest of penises <laughs> to get to the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm, I'm motivated now. I've got a... I've got I've got a couple more series that I, I may want to finish first, but I definitely got to get around to to finishing Sex Criminals. Honestly, I should put that one at the top of my list, but um, I've got like fifteen million. As long as it's a part of your list. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I've, I I I feel like I have like fifteen million recommendations for creator-owned books or independent books that I that I need to finish. That I'll start. I'm so bad at finishing stuff sometimes too. Um, I don't know if that's just me. But um, like I'll I'll get like I'll start a series and it's really great and maybe I'll get halfway through and then I'll just drop off and sometimes I'll come back and finish it and really push myself to get through it and then sometimes I just don't um, and I, I I don't like doing that um, but yeah no some very interesting stuff um, so like I said this is a, a free open conversation so Julie if you have any questions you want to ask of me you know feel free. Um, I can talk about myself this whole time, <laughs> but it's good to talk about you too. <laughs> um, what has been a comic that has really stood out to you in your lifetime? Like, what's the one that's kind of close and dear to your heart? Um, that's that's a tough one. Um, because I feel like sorry, there's I'm so sorry many if it's too just... uh, personal. No, no, not at all. It's it's a good way for us to really get to know each other. Um, um, just because there there are a lot of books that are that are fun for me to read. That that just like I could just go back to them, and it's a fun, whimsical read. And then there are the ones that really speak to you on a personal level. Um, I mentioned earlier, "Killer Be Killed" by Ed Brubaker. I think that's. I mean, I'm Ed Brubaker is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, writers of all time, comic book writers, um, and that's a book that's that's very personal to me, just because the character, the main character, Dylan Cross, um, deals with depression in a way that just kind of it it spoke to me at a really specific point in my life, and I won't go into too much detail about that, but it just it his kind of take on the world and and his feelings of depression and anxiety towards his relationships and sometimes his feelings of inadequacy. It just really related to me at, at a, a really crucial point in my life. So that was definitely one that spoke to me. Um, I think artistically, um, Frank Miller's Sin City is something that I can always come back to and just marvel at and, and get so angry at because I'm so jealous that I couldn't be a talented cartoonist like that. Um, the way that he illustrated a page is is incredible, and it's unlike anything I, I've ever seen. Even now, um, I think it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, oh God, I could I could just go down the list. So I'll just mention a couple highlights. Um, and I don't want to talk your ear off, but I guess that's why we're here to talk about comics. Um, don't worry, my ears are firmly attached to this. So <laughs> we're good. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so I think one that that definitely spoke to me recently uh, is a book from a, a very popular writer, a writer that I uh, very much enjoy, Jonathan Hickman's The Nightly News. Um it's a book that really just digs into media coverage and media portrayal. It came out in the late 2000s during a time when 
media was being called into question, and I think it's just as relevant then as it is today. Um, and this isn't, you know, to take any partisan approach, but I think really it's it's just an interesting examination of um, both how we are kind of controlled by the media in a sense, which sounds a lot more menacing than it actually is, um, but also how easily people can be swayed into kind of these radical groups that basically call them into into action and become murderers. And it, it's just a fascinating read. Um, and I think if you ever get a chance to, to take a look at that, um, not only is it a great story, but artistically, um, it's it's one of the most visually bizarre things I've ever seen um, because uh, Jonathan Hickman, in addition to being a very talented writer, is also an artist um, and his style is is unlike unlike any other at least. It's, it incorporates a lot of digital design work um, as well as you know standard pencil work um, and it's 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 absolutely incredible. Um, Kind of in that same vein, a book that talked about a lot about truth was Transmetropolitan, which I think is probably one of my favorite uh, comic books of all time. Um, it's I, I it's it's a book that takes place within an undisclosed future, but it, it basically deals with um, uh, basically this journalist named uh, Spider Jerusalem who acts as a as a truthsayer throughout a, a fictionalized version of at least what I think to be New York City, just called the city in this situation. And um, it, it kind of starts off as just him exposing various different social problems within the city, and then it really evolves into being a story about him basically taking down the president of the United States of America. Um, and it's, I think it's a book that, that resonated with me upon my initial read, still resonates with me just because of um, a lot of its social commentary, which I feel is so on par with um, how we view American politics, how government um, is, is portrayed in a lot of ways. I think it's one of the most accurate portrayals of standard U.S. government procedure um, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful read. and It's about 60 issues long. Um, it's got some gorgeous artwork by Derek Robertson, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, that's, like I said, it's, it's absolutely just one of my favorite books. But those are the ones that are really personal to me, that really speak to me on a human level. And then there are ones that, you know, I think I just read because they're fun, because I like to have a good time, because we, we do that too. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'll so, have to check out that um, political book you're talking about. That sounds really interesting. No, sorry, say that again. I'll have to check out that political book you were just talking about. That sounds really interesting. This like peaked right there. My interest. Oh yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. No. I and I would definitely recommend checking out the what nightly the news. Again? Checking out. Um, the first one was the nightly news by Jonathan Hickman. It shouldn't be hard to find. I think they put out a, a new edition there we go. recently. Now I'm recording again. And then the second one is Transmetropolitan. Um, that one shouldn't be hard to find either. Um, and then I'll throw in an extra one there. Um, even though I know our, our co-host isn't a big fan of superheroes, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a book called Ex Machina by Brian K. Vaughan. That one I actually only finished recently. Yeah, the nightly news. I would definitely recommend that Transmetropolitan. And then before we briefly got interrupted, 
Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Ex Machina, which is a, a book by Brian K. Vaughan, which is basically about a fictional superhero who is able to stop one of the planes from hitting uh, one of the Twin Towers um, and basically gets elected mayor of New York City. And the book really follows his time as mayor of New York across around three to four years or so. Um, and even though there are there are definitely some superhero moments, it's it's really really more of a grounded political thriller. Um, I think the best description is like, you know, West Wing, and um, I don't know, maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of Superman thrown in on the side. So if that's something that interests you, I would definitely definitely check that out. Um, so yeah, it sounds like we've got both got some some interesting books in our, our back catalog. Um, I wonder, Julie, have you had a chance to kind of connect with, um, you know, other comic book communities or anything like that? We briefly talked about how basically it's hard for, for us to kind of get our friends plugged into, into comic books. Um, but um, I wonder if you had a chance to kind of go to any kind of conventions or, or maybe, you know, just shoot the shit at a comic book store um really just talk about your experience being part of the community or maybe this is your first time this is actually my first time being inclusive in the community i've i went to okay. i checked out a, i well i frequented a comic book store uh in berkeley i frequented comic store comic book stores in castro valley and fremont um uh, I went to a convention once, and it was it was it was a small little dinky like in a basketball court <laughs> of a high school kind of convention, and it was kind of nice. Yeah. It was like I think a five dollar entry fee. You just kind of went around mm. the room, and that was it. I did pick up a couple comic books, and I wanted to continue the series. I think I got them for free to kind of get you hooked from yeah. from the creator. I can't remember what it was called, but I've been trying to find it and I cannot find it. Not not the book itself, but like the series itself. Like the book I have in my storage somewhere because I intend to get back to it at some point, but I can't find the series. And I'll have to get back to you on that, on what the series was called. I don't know if they even got it, got their comic book off the ground, which is kind of, not that, I guess it does kind of worry me, but not to the point where, you know, it's, oh my god, get this going, or I won't live my life. It's just kind of like, oh, I guess the, the yeah. thing didn't work out. That super sucks. Um, that's about the extent of my experience with comic books. Everyone around me weirds manga or manga. Comic uh -huh. books just aren't really oh, their yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. you know, manga's fine. Yeah. There's a lot of good manga out there, but I have a hard time reading manga. I can't get the concept of reading from back to front. That's how I wipe. That's not how I read. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, no, I don't yeah, go back no, to front. Yeah, no, it can definitely That's be a nasty. little tricky. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's, it's the, I mean, the best part is it's it's back to front and it's left, or what is it, right to left? Because we usually read left to right, but theirs is positioned oh, completely flipped. Okay, I've been reading back yeah. to front, left to right, and no wonder the story didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's it's a completely different uh, style, um, even though they're you know manga definitely draws some influences from comic. It's it's weird because um, manga definitely drew its its influences from early American comic books, and then 
or at least in some cases. I know some historians might say it actually predated American comic books, but I'm not going to go into that. Um, and and now, yeah, you know, that's a conversation a for right some it. other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm 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 biting my tongue as I say that because I'm like I, I'm a history major, so I, I feel like. I could totally go on a tirade about it, and I I wouldn't even mind. But I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that for our first episode. Um, I'm an engineering but... major. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, this is proof that, yeah, that spamming humanities can physics. get along. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how manga has almost now done a, a reverse and is, is influencing a lot of, um, comic book artists today. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I think my experience is, is a little bit different from yours. Um, cause I, I've definitely been pretty plugged into conventions and stores for probably the past, excuse me, um, six to seven years or so um really since my first convention in 2012 even if i wasn't reading a ton of comics at the time um i i I, you know i was just fortunate enough to be able to go to that one so i remember correctly my first convention would have been kamikaze 2012 although it's not called kamikaze um, anymore now it's just um, you know LA Expo or Fan Expo mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I went to San Diego Comic-Con for uh, four years um, just because um, uh, my mom had a friend we were really fortunate my mom had a friend who was kind of working at the exhibition hall and she was able to get us um, tickets every year which is really nice um, and then when I went to high school, um, wasn't able to go to San Diego anymore just because that, that connection wasn't really there anymore because I think she ended up leaving mm. the uh, exposition hall. So I started really just going to, to local conventions in Los Angeles, a couple crappy ones in hotels. And then um, when we moved, um, I you know still found a way to go to conventions when I could. Um, and so now that I'm living... Um, in Massachusetts, um, you know, I've tried to make my way to, to Fan Expo Boston, which is the biggest one there. So I, I've been fortunate enough to pretty much go to conventions every single year for the past nine years, with the exception of, you know, the most recent year, just because the world is on fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, for me, the benefit of being plugged into places like that is it's just, you know, it really gives you a couple days to just kind of get immersed in the community when you're not, you know, not able to do that with friends or anyone else and, and really just look at some, some interesting comics or, or just connect with people or, or anything like that, which was always what I, I most look forward to. Um, and then I had a bunch of different shops that I was going to and, um, it's kind of weird when you first start going there, it's very like transactional. You walk in, you pay for your stuff, you walk out. And then, you know, once they start seeing you regularly, then it becomes a bit more conversational, or at least it was for me. Um, and I always look forward to that. And, you know, sometimes you'll buy something in particular and that'll spark conversation. So that's the kind of stuff that I love. Um, and, and definitely, I would say one of the better parts of the, uh, the comic book community. But, um, 
moving on, um, I think one other thing that we like to talk about um, is just, you know, any any recommendations that we might have in the future. Um, I know that I'm reading a lot of independent books, really interesting independent books right now that I'd love to recommend. Um, but Julie, um, is there anything that you'd like to, to recommend to the audience to get started? Um, let's see, because I'm trying to flick through my head the ones I'm reading. Oh, I guess since Avatar is at the Last Airbender is pretty popular, um, I'd probably say once you finish the series, start on those comic books, because they just literally pick up from where the uh -huh. TV series left off. And they're a fun read. You can read them with your kids if you've got offspring. Um, I happen to have, ha I have the tomes. They're, they're literal tomes. They're like the glossy, mm -hmm. you know, gloss with granite. Yeah. These are actual, like, Moses Ten Commandment tomes <laughs> of these comic books. <laughs> Very books. nice. Yeah. I mean, I bought them a long time yeah, ago. Those are awesome. They are. They're heavy, but they're mm. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'd say start with that. If you're trying to get into comic books, but you're a fan of the cartoon, I'd say that's probably a good place to start. And maybe Simpson mm -hmm. Bongo comics. That, that, I think that's a nice place to go for. Because I started with um, Dilbert Comics and The Far Side, because those were in the paper. And then I went to the, I went to the Barnes right. & Noble, and I just see the collections there. I'm like, oh, hey, let me get started with that. Then it's like a, it's like a snowball effect. It's like, all right, I'm familiar with these comics. Let me get started with mm -hmm. The Simpsons, because I see the TV show, but hear the comics. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of snowballs into, yeah. well, I like this format. Let me see what else is in this kind of medium. So, yeah. Oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. So it's a nice transition. <laughs> uh, yeah 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 no those are those are some very solid recommendations and um you know i i i don't even think that if you're if you want to read newspaper uh comics or, or i guess what we would call strips um you know you don't have to necessarily be younger to enjoy them yeah. um there are lots of people that still enjoy strips um i mean i don't i don't read them as much as i used to when i was a kid but um, I, I, I'd be lying if I said, you know, if I, if I looked at them now, I'd still get a kick out of them. I'm um, still a sucker for Dilbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still, I'll still occasionally dig out some of my old Calvin and Hobbes stuff and, and get a, get a laugh out of that. Um, but yeah, um, on my side, I, I would, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, we're living in this this second golden age, or or I guess one could argue that the golden age technically never ended, because um, there's kind of like in the 2010s there was this boom in independent books, especially Image, and it felt like there were like a million different series coming out all at once, and then some of those series started to end, and people thought it was just kind of kind of going to drop off. But um, in the recent year, you know, despite how crazy it's all been, it's been really truly remarkable year for independent comics so um there's some really great ones out there that I, i'd love to to recommend um and i have i have a list but it's not really a list because i'm kind of just going off the top of my head um but some books that i would definitely recommend checking out um i think one of the biggest hits of this year is a book called something is killing the children it's by james tyne the fourth um Werther Deladera, and um, it's it's uh, an absolutely incredible horror book. If that's something that interests you, um, yeah. For me, I know I definitely was not a big horror guy. Um, I I typically can't stand horror movies unless I'm watching them with friends. 
Um, otherwise, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it by myself in a room because I'll just it'll freak me out. But I can only in the watch past them in the year, daytime. I've just been reading. It. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I can't even do that because then I just it haunts me for the rest of the day, and then I can't sleep. Um, but um, yeah, it's just been a lot, a slew of great, great horror comics in the past year. Um, at least the ones that I've been reading. So something is killing the children. It's a fifteen issue series. Um, I guess technically still ongoing, but there's been a bit of a of a delay between the fifteenth and the sixteenth issues, just because it's kind of the main story just recently wrapped up. Um, so if you go to Amazon, you should be able to pick up the first three volumes, which will collect all 15 issues. And then I think they're putting out a hardcover soon that'll collect the entire series. So uh, for my money, I'd say probably just wait for the hardcover and get the whole thing there. Uh, it's, it's a great read. And I've been following it since issue one because I was a big fan of the writer. Um, and and I, I don't think that he was expecting it to be the as big a success as it ended up being. I, I know I certainly wasn't. I was just going to read it because I liked him and I thought it was an interesting premise and then it kind of exploded. Um, so there's definitely that. That's from Boom Studios. Um, another great series that I'm enjoying that will be wrapping up soon is a book called Decorum from uh, Jonathan Hickman, who I previously mentioned. Um, it's kind of this space opera about um, a essentially a group of female assassins that recruit this courier um, and one particular assassin is like super prim and proper yet she's one of the most deadly ones and there's also this underlying B story about like a, a space egg that one of the uh, kind of main authorities of uh, the entire galaxy is trying to hunt down and the paths are just starting to converge. We're on the seventh issue. It's, it's an eight-issue series, so it'll be wrapping up soon. Um, but it's an absolutely incredible book. And um, I think for my money, um, even if the story sounds a little crazy, it's absolutely worth your money to check out just for the artwork alone uh, by Mike Huddleston. It's some of the most visually inventive stuff I've, I've seen in like the past five years. Um, so... Like I said, it's an A-issue series. It's on 7 right now. You could catch up through the singles, though. I, I definitely recommend probably just waiting for the hardcover, which I believe comes out in July. Um, and then there there are like 15 other books that I could totally recommend, but um, then the episode would be three hours long, and nobody wants that. So um, <laughs> I'll probably just recommend... Um, one more that I thought was a, a real standout, um, and that has to go to another writer that I previously mentioned, Ed Brubaker, who's putting out a series of graphic novels called uh, Reckless. They're all standalone. You don't have to worry about reading them in order. It's, it's basically trying to take the um, format of old paperback detective novels and basically using that, that format in, in comic it's books. It's an anthology? With, you know, the same protagonist. Um, not quite an anthology. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, like the Jack Reacher books or, or that type of thing where it's just like, they're all standalone adventures or, or anything that, um, that, um, you know, uh, uh, John D. McDonald will write with Travis McGee or, or that kind of thing, you know, where it's like, it's the same character, but they're all standalone tales. They're just told at different points in time. Mm, um, okay. 
so it's 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 like that essentially um and the first book came out in uh december the next book will be coming out i think um if not this month then next month and then the third book is slated to come out sometime towards the end of 2021 um like i said they're all standalone so you can eat, read them in any order you could pick up the most recent one and you'd be totally fine but i definitely say go back and check out the uh the first uh reckless book because it's absolutely incredible and um ed brubaker and sean phillips who's pretty much the regular artist that he works with they're just an absolute incredible team um but i'm gonna stop talking for a second (laughs) because i talk way too much um and i think we've gotten a really good uh chance to kind of talk about our relationship to comics and some of the things that we're interested in um and so now julie i just want to ask you if you have any kind of closing remarks or anything else that you'd like to add um any other reflections you have maybe any last minute recommendations just anything else you'd like to add before we close out the show um yeah a couple of things just to kind of tag on one on to the convention thing uh, in San Jose, every year, well, I guess used to be every year at this point, there um, used to be a thing called Fanime Con, and everybody in the, mm. and their mother in the Bay Area would go to that thing. And I never got a chance to go. I've been in the Bay Area for five years now, and it always happens on my birthday. So everyone fucks off oh. to Fanime Con, and I'm at home, or they go on a Memorial Day barbecue, and I'm at home. And I'm trying to make plans with my mm. friends to go, hey, it's our birthday, let's do something. It's like, mm, can we do it after or in June, maybe? I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'll celebrate my birthday by myself. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's and cool. It's funny. My friends are like, why don't you just go to FanimeCon for your birthday? I'm like, don't you think I'd want to do that? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, also, uh, horror tag on Black Monday Murders. I have only have the first volume. But I think there's maybe. Oh my god! I'm so glad you mentioned the Black Money Murders. That's just such an excellent series. Oh man, I almost I almost started on the first book. I'm trying to finish that to see if I want to buy the second one. But now that you said it's fantastic, I will commit to reading it. Oh yeah, you absolutely you absolutely (laughs) will finish it. And then you, like everyone else who's read that book, will just be frustrated that the most recent arc hasn't started yet. Um, But interesting that you mentioned oh. the black money murders because that's also another book by uh the writer that we mentioned jonathan hickman um who is just like i said has, has one of the most interesting styles out there um and i don't know how much you've read just yet um how, how... i've only gotten to the first issue okay yeah yeah so you're, yeah you're still still pretty fresh but um yeah no i i absolutely love that book and and you'll see throughout the rest of the because uh, the first trade I think just has the first four issues it's like filled with all these extra documents and I know it seems like a lot of reading but trust me it's it's so great to read all the extra you know emails or data pages or extra info because um, it really helps enhance the story so yeah Black Monday Murders definitely gets a sweet. cosign for me sweet well that's all I had to add thanks <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, on, on my end, um, I mean, like I said, definitely co-signed the Black Monday murders, but um, I think one thing that we're really looking forward to doing on the, the um, you know, just 
standard comic show, not, you know, specific to DC or Marvel, is just really take the opportunity to highlight books from various different publishers, whether they be, you know, Image, which we've talked about, or Dark Horse, or Boom, which I know is, has been putting out some really interesting books lately, um, or any other, you know, small publishers that we may come across. I'm a, I'm a loyal patron of my local comic book store, so I'm always seeing new, interesting, small publishers put out books. Um, one that I, 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 I don't know if I can really plug it, but it's, it's interesting at least, is a, is a book called ENIAC from um, Matt Kent and the amazing artist Doug Braithwaite. It's from a new publisher called Bad Idea. Um, it's a bit of a tricky one to find because they're doing this very strange distribution method where they're not releasing any digital versions of the book and they're not releasing trades. So the only way that you can read it is in the physical copies that they send to select stores. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be in a place where uh, the store that I've been going to has been getting those issues and I've been reading it. And it's an, it's an interesting series, I would say. Um, I'm not overly familiar with Matt Kent. I've read a couple of his books, but um, I, I think I'm not entirely sure I agree with the, the distribution method, but um, it's, I'm, like I said, I'm always paying attention to new publishers. So I think you know, even if we're not super scripted or anything like that, I, I think this show will be a really great opportunity to just kind of talk about the various different independent creator-owned or small publisher books that we come across Definitely. um uh, i don't know if you had anything to you, add to that you have a very you have a very knowledgeable background of these kinds of things i just kind of gravitate toward the books that kind of catch my eye the story's like oh hey this is interesting <laughs> I'm, I'm invested i'm going to read yeah. it that's kind of how i find my comics mm -hmm. yeah no yeah, i'm the background i'm just i just scratch the surface and i move on oh yeah yeah <laughs> i no, should i, but I, I Honestly, blame it on being a, a, a history major because so much of that is research. So, like, I think it's just kind of ingrained in my brain where it's like, okay, it's part of your I know about this. <laughs> I need to, I need to pick it apart. I need to understand every facet of it. I need to know what's new. I need to know what's developing. Because for me, it's all like, you know, it's it's history in the making. It's happening right now. So, any new publishers that sprout up, anything that comes across the grapevine like i'm there i just want to want to see it and, and document it um so that's i don't know like i said blame blame it on me being the history major but um <laughs> yeah with that um i'd like to to end the show um we'll come back next week um for more comic book talk um where we will be trying to look at some new books um we have selected some new number ones that hopefully we'll be able to follow um and i just like to plug those really quickly um that is geiger number one a new series from image um by writer jeff johns and artist um gary frank the silver coin which is a uh not really an anthology series. I, I guess it will be an anthology series when it's collected, but um, it's it's a new writer each issue, um, but with the same artist. Um, and it's uh, the first issue is uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, um, who is the artist on Sex Criminals that we previously mentioned. Um, and then we'll be taking a look at Noctera number two, 
um, just because that's a, a fairly new series, um, and I think it'll it'll be a, a great one to follow. Um, and then if we have any other books that we read recently um, or that we think are interesting and we'd like to mention, we'll be sure to include those. Um, but as always, you amazing humans out there, thank you so very much for listening. You're the reason why we do this. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot comics to hear all of our episodes on nearly any podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for the exclusive content we make for our patrons from all of our offerings. Uh, Kids Corner, Real Talk, Movies, TV, and more. Again, starting at just $1 a month. Visit notarobotpodcast.com and that will take you everywhere you need to go for everything Not A Robot. Um, so we have a, a way that we sign off on our other podcasts, but I think if it's just going to be the two of us in the future, we can figure something out. But for now... Um, with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot. Just slap it up, I'm